0: Hi, this is David McNeil at daddyocast.com. I'd like to read the first chapter of Paul's first letter to Timothy in the New Testament. Let's have a word of prayer before we begin. Heavenly Father, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the Apostle Paul and his wisdom that you gave him through the Holy Spirit. Father, now open our hearts Open our ears and our hearts to be able to receive wisdom from you through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The first epistle of Paul the Apostle to Timothy, chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our hope. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. As I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions, rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart, and of a good conscience, and of faith unfeigned, from which some, having swerved, have turned aside unto vain jangling, desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. But we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully." Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering, for a pattern to them who should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only Wise God, be honour and glory for ever and ever. Amen. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, which some have, having put away concerning faith have made shipwreck of whom is Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may, not, they may learn not to blaspheme. That's the end of chapter 1. In this chapter, St. Paul is writing to a man whom he led to faith in the Lord Jesus, a man from Lystra in Asia Minor on his first um well, he first entered Lystra uh, during the first missionary voyage. Later, he found Timothy there. Uh, Timothy was the son of a Jewish mother and a grandmother. His father was Greek, probably not a believer, and uh, certainly not a Jew. But Timothy had been raised as a, a student of the law. And the, uh, Paul the apostle led him to faith in Jesus and made him eventually uh, a close disciple, and uh, ordained him as a pastor, and these two um, books of First and Second Timothy are instructions, essentially instructions on how to be a young pastor. And uh, we start off in chapter one, uh, enjoining he Paul is enjoining Timothy to stand up against. A certain kind of uh, teacher, which Paul does not want Timothy to be. He is, Timothy is Paul's son after the gospel, and he wants him to be like himself solid, orthodox, preaching the faith in the Lord Jesus. And what he comes up against is teaching of the law and of doctrine as a complicated uh, system of faith and belief which someone has to learn and follow uh, and which will be distracting from the simple faith in the Lord Jesus and walking in the Spirit by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, In verse um, four, we have Paul saying, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. Now the end of the commandment is charity out of a pure heart and of a good conscience and of faith unfeigned. Now what, the end of the commandment, that is the purpose of what God has instructed us to do. The purpose is to enter into a life A simple life of love love of God and love of our fellow man as in the great commandment and that simple approach to life which is given to us empowered to us by the Holy Spirit is not a complicated set of rules or doctrines or a system of belief or a system of history of a people history of the world uh, a complicated uh, eschatology of the coming of Christ this is not our salvation this is not the gospel the gospel is is the spirit of the lord jesus christ living in our hearts giving us day by day hour by hour love for god love for our fellow man and actions which come out of that love charity of a pure heart not for selfishness. And uh, a good conscience. Paul talks a lot about a good conscience throughout his books and Paul lives with a good conscience. How many of us would just love to have a clear conscience and that's what we strive for. That's what we ask God for to put the past behind to receive forgiveness to enter into a life of, of holiness before God in Christ Jesus. Jesus by our faith in Christ Jesus, that God accepts us as pure and blameless. That's a good conscience. And a faith unfeigned, that is, we believe simply. We believe there's a God, He's active on our behalf. Notice in the first um, verse, Paul refers to uh, God our Savior. God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our hope. God is our Savior. God is not. Uh, God is not an untouchable, unfeeling, numinous fog of some kind of mind in outer space that doesn't care, but is somehow doing something for us, um, out of a complete, senseless. Uh, act of mercy God is our Savior God loves us God has had a purpose for us from the beginning and his activity on our behalf touches him it touches him he lost his only son he gave his only son God is our Savior God is our Savior and his son Jesus Christ is our hope in what sense is Christ our hope we have what is our hope What is the fulfillment of our hope but victory over death, victory over our death by resurrection, victory over the death of our friends and family by their resurrection, and victory over the death of this world, the decay of this world, by the regeneration of this world in the final uh, era of time. That That is our hope, and that is going to be brought about by the return of Jesus Christ. And what Paul wants Timothy to do, teach, teach this hope, teach this faith, and not to get bogged down, certainly as his teachers, by endless uh, rules, the law of the Jews or any other law, any other law um, some um, kinds of churches may preach uh, long lists of things that are do's and don'ts. What he, Paul wants Timothy to do is preach and encourage people in a simple faith and love and uh, that is given by the Holy Spirit. That's the gospel. He says in verse 8, we know that the law is good if a man use it lawfully. I wonder what that is. The law is good because God gave it, and it's from his heart. The law that is applicable to Christians uh, is a law, a moral law law, which reveals to us the person of Jesus. And it is a spiritual law which incites us to be the people that God has destined us to be. We read the law, we're not thinking, oh gosh, how other people how bad other people are and how how good we can be if we observe it the law is a revelation of the heart of the lord jesus and we are incited to uh, to do good because of the good that's in us because of the character that god has put in us by the holy spirit and the law the, that's what he when he says the end of the commandment he's saying the end of the, the The reason that God gave us any kind of instruction was to put in us uh, this heart, this pure heart, and a love that springs out of this pure heart. Uh, The law, the multifarious law, the very detailed law of the Old Testament is not made for a righteous man, in verse nine. It's made for the lawless and disobedient to reveal their wickedness to reveal their wickedness and to condemn them and condemn the ungodly things they do. And so he, he, he launches into a list of terrible sins saying, it's obvious to us, it's obvious to Christians what is right and what is wrong. And the law is made to reveal to the unrighteous what they're doing, that what they're doing is sin. Uh, and this is not the only place in the New Testament where Paul gets detailed about uh, the sins of men but it is pretty dark and it does uh, indicate uh, disrespect certainly uh, hatred of father and mother uh, hatred uh, and evil deeds toward our brother our human brothers and sisters uh, murder, uh, kidnapping uh, prostitution, uh, homosexuality, lying, uh, lying against and perjuring yourself against uh, someone in court, sending them to jail for no good reason, and several uh, very wicked things. And we know this. This we know that this is evil and things like that. And God and uh, Paul says in other places. The reason why God is coming to judge the world is because of things like this but we live according to the spirit not the flesh and we don't need the law to continually um, condemn us and reveal our sin we need the person of Jesus to incite us to do the good that God has planned for us Paul reminds us that he understands that he he himself was a sinner and that he obtained mercy Uh, He says, because he did it ignorantly and unbelief. you know, he only counts the the one sin that he confesses in his life. A lot of people say, well, like in the Romans 7 that Paul uh, went on and on about how sinful he was. He only really confesses one sin in his life, and that is the persecution of Christians. And so, therefore, the persecution, in that way, the persecution of Christ Jesus and he never quite got over that. And though he was f- excused from it, he could see that God had forgiven him. He counted it as a wicked, wicked thing that he had done because he thought he was supposed. To, he thought he was doing right, and he was ignorant. But God had to meet him on the road to Damascus, and sh- and straighten him up and put the Holy Spirit in his, his life and change him. And. It, Paul is so happy to be able to say that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. No one had done anything worse than Paul and, and persecuting by, by uh, assault and oppression and jailing and perhaps even murder. Of course, he did stand by when Stephen was killed. He was persecuting the Lord Jesus. But he says... I obtained in verse 16 I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them who should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting Paul saw that he was chosen by the Lord Jesus to be an example of someone who was evil who was saved by the grace of God and that God's long suffering and patience with him had resulted and Paul's turning and accepting Jesus into his life, and so that people could see that no one's past redemption, that Paul is an example of salvation. How wonderful it is to know someone who has that you've known as a sinner, as a deep sinner, and and now you know them as a, a pure believer, a brother or a sister in Christ. And I am so happy that I know at least two men that it was so clearly that they passed so clearly from death into life by their acceptance of Jesus Christ. And Paul said that God saved him first to be able to show the other Gentiles that it was possible to have their life changed. And so he is filled with the Holy Spirit here in verse 17, and he praises the Lord God Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? We know the king. We know the ruler of all the worlds. And uh, we are under his command. And we have faith that in his hand, all things will turn out for the good. And um, he has a final warning to Timothy. That he'd be very careful not to turn from uh, the doctrine that he's been taught, and that he stick with the career that God has called him to the career of uh, being a minister of the gospel and a, and a prophet and a pastor, according to the prophecies which went before thee, according to the prophecies which went before on thee that thou might by them mightest war a good warfare. Timothy was called for years of warring for the gospel, of pushing back against bad doctrine, evil doctrine, temptation of Satan. Some uh, that Paul had had to confront were examples of people who had left the faith, who had swerved aside, taken up all kinds of new and interesting doctrines which are not orthodox and not true, and certainly not according to what they've been taught by uh, St. Paul. Uh, and he mentions to Hymenaeus and Alexander uh, in another book, he, he cites the fact that Hymenaeus was a teaching a doctrine that the resurrection had already passed. And how pernicious is that? Uh, where our hope is in the future resurrection. And Alexander, someone that he had problems with. But he says in verse 20, I have delivered them unto Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Uh, In a word, uh, having delivered them unto Satan, he means having cut them off from the fellowship of the church. Uh, That within the church, within the faith, within the love of the brotherhood, Within the guidance of pastors and the, the um, covering of bishops, these men would grow uh, in faith and in hope and have peace. But when they're cut off, when we ever in a church decide to cut people off, and there's several other verses throughout the uh, epistles where Paul talks about uh, distancing yourself from people who continue in sin, we cut them off to encourage them to live in a world which is ruled by satan and if they want to they want to live in a world which is covered by god where we are Christ's and christ is god they have to have a unity of of thought a unity of doctrine a unity of heart and if they want to be they want to separate themselves from sound doctrine and they, the church decides to cut them off, and there's a certain way to do that among the elders and so on. But once they're cut off, they are living in a world that's controlled by Satan. And Satan has every, uh, every opportunity to eat them up by the desires of their flesh, by the sufferings of, um, the, the, of, of the sufferings incurred by lust and by selfishness, in the world. And when they are delivered to Satan, we hope, our hope is, our desire and our prayer is that they will return to the faith and be our brothers in Christ once again. There is no one whom we just strike off the list of our Sunday school group or the membership of our church or uh, take off our friendship list because uh, we we don't want to deal with them anymore and we don't like them or they're not doing right or something we don't strike them off our list. we pray for them, we long for their our reconciliation with them and we hope that as they suffer outside of the uh, the blessed covering wings of the church of Jesus Christ, the the universal church, the brotherhood of believers, as they suffer out there in the world, they will come to their senses and return to sound doctrine and of faith in Jesus Christ and of unity with the brothers. Well, that's the first chapter of First Timothy, according to my lights, and uh, I hope you will uh, benefit from understanding for uh, the rest of our study in First uh, Timothy the charge of being a good soldier in the gospel, the war for the gospel. Amen. Talk to you again.